Hey folks, we just want you to know that all the views and opinions expressed on Military Historians or People Too are ours and that of our guests. They do not represent any organizations, employers, and other entities with which we and our guests may be affiliated or associated. Okay? Got it? Good. Enjoy the show. All right, Brian, we are here live and in person at the University of South Carolina at Beaufort. Go um, Sand Sharks. Wonder what, why is it Beaufort? Why is it Beaufort? It's North Carolina. So there's a Beaufort in North Carolina? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you and gotta it's make Beaufort, it. South Carolina. I had no idea. Because um, I remember there's a John Ford movie. I can't remember the actor's name. It's one of the cavalry westerns, you know, that are so. I'm, I'm sure important. it has something to do with the Huguenot settlers of, of coastal Carolina. Right. Oh, that's what we're going to say it is, right? You anyway, he, he got a historian who, who's <laughs> like former, he's former Confederate officer, and he's, probably, he's, he's Sergeant Beaufort. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, that's weird. Uh, anyway, we are live from, from the University of South Carolina at Beaufort, not to be confused with the other place. And we are talking today with Aaron McCoy, who Brian's going to introduce here shortly. But we are thrilled to be here. We're just up the road from Statesboro, where we're at, and it was nice to get out of town there and get on the road and come here and, and be with, with Aaron tonight. And uh, let me do our shout-outs real quick, Brian, then you can introduce. First of all, Veterans Day was uh, just a few days ago. Remembrance Sunday was just yesterday. And so we want to just uh, recognize all veterans and uh, all current service members. Thank you. And as usual, to our friends out at the University of Press of Kansas and Lawrence at the ranch, uh, hello and thanks for always sharing us. I guess we should say thank you to the nice people here at the University of South Carolina at Buford, especially yes. in the Department of English, the Arts, and Interdisciplinary Studies. Thank you. For <laughs> the fruit and the cookies and their support and, and having us here to, to, tonight. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah, um, I don't have any shout outs tonight. Um, as a, a lifelong Clemson fan, I have to say that this uh, is the closest I've ever gotten to doing anything at a University of South Carolina. Um, you know, uh, you got to shower so. later. Or something? Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I think the Sand Sharks. I like the Sand Sharks. This is good. No, um, it's, it's cool. Yeah, got when a good, we saw the thing. We're like, good, oh, that's good feeling about this place. So um, yeah, absolutely, we're here with Aaron R. McCoy. Aaron is associate professor of English and interdisciplinary studies, uh, as well as former interdis- interdisciplinary studies program coordinator at the University of South Carolina Beaufort. Aaron received her BA in English from Wingate University in Wingate, North Carolina an MA in English from Clemson University, and a PhD in Humanities from the University of Louisville. And am I saying that too? Oh, you were saying that correctly. Louisville? Yeah, okay. Louisville. It's Louisville. Louisville. All right. Louisville. Uh, be- <laughs> before coming to USC Beaufort, she held visiting and adjunct positions at USC Upstate, Indiana University Southeast, and Jefferson Community and Technical College in Louisville, Kentucky. Aaron is the author of Tour of War, a cultural historiography of the Vietnam War. Uh, That was done with McFarland in 2022, very recent, so uh, congrats. In addition, she has published more than a dozen peer-reviewed articles and essays, and she is a prolific writer of fiction and poetry. Aaron has received the USC RISE Award on numerous occasions. In 2015, she won the award for Wounds of War, Healing from the Vietnam War in Southeast Asia. In 2017, Exploring War, Healing uh, from the Vietnam War in Australia, and in 2019, Tours of War, Completing an Introductory Cultural History of the Vietnam War. 
In 2020, she was awarded the James R. Bennett Award for Literature and Peace by the College English Association. Erin is, is very popular with the students here at USC Beaufort. In 2016, she was recognized as the Faculty Advisor of the Year by SSV Student Life. And in 2015, she was Professor of the Year. Erin's dedication to her students is clear. Since coming to USCB, she has advised more than 60 undergraduate theses. Jeez. And yeah, it's a lot. The That's list, like... It's really like close to 70, right? Overachiever syndrome sure. or something. It, it came with the program coordinator yeah. job yeah. at the time. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. It's still a lot. A lot of time. So we are thrilled to be here with you, and thank you very much for, for having us. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having us. We keep it simple. This is about the work you do, but it's really about you. Mm -hmm. and well, actually, us, it's really about us. Well, it's about us. <laughs> <laughs> it's about, yeah. I mean, um, we, we, uh, yeah, we, we try to keep it <laughs> as, as much about us as possible. So tell us where you're from, uh, what kind of house you grew up in, and, uh, you know, we want, you know, as, as, as much as you feel comfortable sharing, you know, where you first generation, uh, what kind of family did you come out of, and, you know, what about that, you know, led you um, to, to what you do for a living now? That's a good question. Thank you. Uh, so I grew up in Monroe, North Carolina. <laughs> is a small town outside of Wait, Charlotte. Wait, I love how you said that. Yeah, I, Say that again. I grew up in Monroe, North Carolina. Monroe, North Carolina. <laughs> and uh, the road I grew up on wasn't paved until I was 17, so it was a very rural area. It was a great place to grow up because I was, well, I was an only child until I was nine, and I had a dog, and it would just be like, go outside with the dog, and then air and come back in the house, and then you'd come back in. And um, my granddad had bought some land where our house was built and next to it was like um it was a log cabin that he took apart and numbered and then put it back together oh and wow made wow. like a party cool. spot yeah. yeah where i learned to swim was in that pond and so what yeah. critters were in that pond because i had a similar experience growing up <laughs> we have bass and brim and carp crawfish there's got to be some because people would get drunk at fourth of july and let them go you mm -hmm. know if they weren't eating and then um turtles big yeah. snapper turtles big snappers. yeah and then little I don't, I don't recall any leeches, <laughs> but like, yeah, just little, um, and frogs. Like no mud cats or anything like that? Not really. It's That's too good. small. And there was, it's fed off of a spring. Oh, okay. So there is fresh water coming into it oh, all the time. But yeah, cool. yeah. And went to Union County Public Schools, which um, the city schools were some Monroe City schools, so very rural there. It was, uh, went to high school at the home of Randy Travis. Um, if y'all remember him? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. He used to say so on the sign when you came into Marshall, and now they took it down. With some, I don't remember what he did, but he's still banned from the BP on 2nd Street. Um, <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you all about it. Um, but it's really rural, really small. I think we had 150 people in our high school graduating class. Um, and so... And I was right in the middle of that. Um, I was not in the top ten at all. Math. Was... So, yeah, and I, I didn't, it was expected that I would go to college. And my mom went to Wingate, um, which is a local private. Like, what did she do? Wait, did you say Wingate? That's how you're supposed to say it if you're well, from there. Well, then why didn't you correct me? Because you're saying it correctly, actually. <laughs> but if you're from there, it's I mean, it's if Wingate. you're from Monroe. Yeah. Yeah. You can't make me look like an idiot no, when no, I'm no, saying no. Wingate. The, the, the people will be so pleased. They'll be like, yes, because they used to say, no, you jump over the gate, not the get. And we're like, yeah, but it's Wingate. Like, Wingate. If you grow up there, it's, I mean, it's right. In the track. same sense, since we both went to Clemson, that it's Clemson. Clemson. Mm -hmm. Okay. All Instead right. of that Clemson gotcha. that they All try right. to. Yeah. It's that, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, you know. All right. <laughs> You're okay. doing fine. Sorry. Sorry. All right. No. And, um, and so. But what did your mom do? 
Uh, my mom uh, was homemaker, or what we called right. Supreme Ultimate Commander of the household. Oh. Um, it's a good title. And my dad worked in textiles, or still works in textiles, actually. My granddad, and this might come through with later stuff, when he got, he was in the Army in World War II and went on D-Day. And when he got back to the United States on the GI Bill, he applied to a whole bunch of schools and things like that. And he chose Clemson because they had veterans housing. Yeah. And so they started there, and then he majored in textiles and... I can't remember exactly how he got to Monroe. I know it was through Burlington Industries. And then they set up shop, uh, textile warping, warping and warpers and creels, warping machinery. Hmm. <laughs> so, which is was a super Southern thing. So yeah. I grew up with my dad would be on the road doing sales calls. like, And if you go into like rural South Carolina now, you'll see like these old mill towns and stuff are just, they're not there anymore. Like, oh, yeah. Spartanburg, you know, we're, yeah, we're yeah. Sport, full of, and they, you know, they're redeveloping. I was gonna things. say, didn't they yeah. turn one into like an apartment? Yeah, so Drayton, <laughs> Drayton Mill is now a there's housing and retail and restaurants. I mean, they've really done a neat job with Which it. Is cool. And another yeah. one they've repurposed into like medical, yeah, facilities. yeah. So they, they, they're doing something with them. Yeah. Which is great. Which is really yeah. neat. Those are really fascinating, neat buildings. Because they right? have to be big. Like, yeah, the Warper big is a and, large and machine. They've got you know huge floors or <laughs> big flooring, big windows. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. pretty cool if you can repurpose, which we're doing now, which is kind of neat. Yeah, I remember they did one, like, I want to say, was it like Chesterfield or something like that. And I remember that was one of the first ones I you saw. You know, West, Westmoreland's father ran one of those mills in Spartanburg. No way. Yeah, he's from there. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, not so Sparkle much, City. but yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's cool to know. Right? Yeah, it's cool yeah. to know. Is the Beacon still open, by the way, Nebraska? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh, oh, yeah. the Beacon. Yeah. Yes, it is, and it is killing people daily. <laughs> That's the job. Um, with clogged arteries and what have you. Yeah. Uh, we don't go there because it's a Pepsi place. I understand. Yeah. Okay, listeners who are not familiar with the Beacon, <laughs> it, is a, it is a legendary Spartanburg, South Carolina establishment where you get things aplenty. Right, mm-hmm. you order, yeah, up, and it's yeah. I've been there once or twice. And if you are any, if you're on any sort of campaign trail, yeah, you're going to the Beacon. You go to yeah. the Beacon, right? Everybody yeah. stops at the Beacon. It's like the expected thing. Yeah, yeah. it's still there and thriving. It's doing. Well. That makes me happy. That yeah, makes me happy. No, I've, it's, I've it's only been well. once, and I think that well, was enough. Good. That's um, good. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because it's very, it's not for the healthiest diet, I would say. No, <laughs> no, yeah. no, it's not. No. But, um, but yeah, growing up, dad did textiles, mom stayed home. And basically, I I, had, I was expected to go to college, but I wanted to go into rock stardom. That was where I wanted to be. And that's not really a career that you can sign up for. So I was like, okay, I'll... So what was pushing that? The 90s music scene. Like, I was just like, I'm going to do that kind of thing. Not, not considering I didn't really play the guitar very well or sing very well. That didn't matter. I'm like, that's what I want to do. So I did pre- approach college very... Like I'll just do what I want. So, but did you play? Did you play the guitar? When did you? When did you start doing that? I well, my dad had one growing up, so I would yeah. paint, you know, twiddle on his. And then um, we had the Lennon and McCartney songbook, which was like the advanced. And then we had the Neil Young songbook, and that's yeah. what I. That's who I still sound like when I play now. It's just oh. like A minor and E and G. Yeah. Like it's a very three chords in the truth. Man. <laughs> yes. that's yeah. and that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and because I wanted to do that so bad and not go to school. I, flunked out uh, my freshman year at UNC Asheville. Oh my gosh, we are yeah. kindred spirits. Hooray. <laughs> well, I flunked out of the University of Texas, bigger than Dallas. I oh. did it style. Yeah. And it's such a, like, you just, oh, it's, it's liberating, a, isn't it? It well, At the time it was. At the was, time it wasn't. It was devastating, and like, yeah. I was put on a lockdown, and 
yeah, Central no. Community College, but it's it's oh, nice. Same thing, yeah. right? House arrest, basically. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, I can never outlive this I had no this idea thing. there was someone else like me. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't flunk out, listeners. <laughs> 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 I did in the summers, though, have to take classes at Tri County Technical College. There you go. Because I yeah. couldn't afford the Clemson summer classes. But so. I mean, that's that's good for Jenna's and things. Yeah. <laughs> good old so what, so where did you flunk out from? Uh, I went to UNC Asheville. Oh, that's I, right. You said that. Well, sorry. originally got into. I'd got deferred at Clemson for the winter, so they're like, you have right. to go somewhere. And then I also had gotten into SCAD, and my dad met one man who, whose son was a tattoo artist, and he was like, you're not going to SCAD if that's yeah. what I'm paying that for. So yeah. we did the campus tour, but that was it kind of thing. So now I'm lucky enough to live there now, so hooray. But um, yeah, so I went to Asheville, flunked out there, went to uh, Central Piedmont Community College, which is the yeah. kind of yeah. Charlotte area, and uh, eventually ended up at Wingate. And um, I was good at English. And at that point, I was like, I really need to graduate. So I'm like, I'm just going to go with English. And I had really great professors. And because it was small and private, you had like, you know, 12 people in a class. And so you got a lot of attention. And like, and you probably made straight A's after that. Right? I did. I yeah. did. I made no, like same, the president. Same, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. yeah, you right? found the thing you wanted. Yeah, you found the thing you wanted. Yeah. And you kind of, you know, for me, I got some stuff out of my system. Yeah, that too. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> there were some residuals, but you could teach yeah. the app. Yeah, like, right. But yeah, it was really, um, yeah. That's so let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. So when in class, when you're teaching today, mm -hmm. can you look out there and like, I, I know who you are? Kind of, yeah. Like, I can. I can. I can bring them into the fold. I can see a kid yeah. sitting yeah. in the back there who doesn't show up much and is like, has the deer in the headlights look. And yeah. then like, there's a test today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know who you are. Yeah, and, but I tell them, I'm like, yeah. I do, I know exactly how to screw it up, so just don't do yeah. what I did. And most it of the time, do you find that that gives you a little street cred with them? I hope a so. Little bit? Yeah, a little bit. Like, like look yeah. at me now. Right. <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. Of thing. yeah. I mean, legitimately. Yeah, and yeah. also like telling them to like take their time and like not run to graduation and the job because yeah. that's the rest of your life kind yeah. of thing, and that that can be helpful sometimes. Like, find what you're good at and go after. I've it. always said my, the best thing my parents ever did for me and it must have been very difficult for them, was to sit back and let me fail. Yeah. 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 And just let, let it let it happen. <laughs> yeah. Right? To force me to have to... Deal. I didn't even know it was going to happen. I rem I'll, I'll never forget the day I came home with a band I like to come out with an album. I'm like, look what I got. And my mom's like, look at this letter. And it would just... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you could... I, did, I thought they would keep you coming back. You know, I didn't understand. As long as you were PA. paying. Yeah, right? I really didn't. I didn't get Oh, wow. It. Yeah. So. No, I, I knew. <laughs> so, I think you did it better than if now, you actually knew what was going on. Let's be fair. Today, we would let you come back. Because oh, there's yeah, such a shortage would, of students. Yeah, we, and we would, would say, come, come on back. We'll let you. Gladly take your tuition. Yeah, but back, but back <laughs> then, it was like, no, we got plenty of students. So we don't wow. need you to come. <laughs> Which, yeah, back then it was very, yeah, and it was, but at, at the same time, though, like, community college really helped because, like, like I said, I was really bad at math, and they put you in the remedial math, and then I actually learned math. I took, someone took the right. time, I'm like, okay, I can do a fraction to a decimal, like, that sort of thing, um, which I couldn't do before. And then I had a teacher at um, the community college who, he looked like John Arbuckle from the Garfield comics, um, <laughs> and it was for 
It was for British literature, and he was so bad. And I was like, I could do this better than you. So that's when I was like, I'm going to get my master's and teach at community college. Like, okay. that was my first goal. And then I got to wing it, and they have, um, it's not commencement. What's the thing you do at the beginning of this? Oh, convocation, convocation. Yeah. yeah. And I had my class. Well, do we do were, that? Yeah. I don't think we you don't ever come. <laughs> 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 it's hard to hear, too, because it's mostly outside in a tent, and, like, you've got your velvet August, robe. Really yeah, and here you're going, really I'd rather not. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but I was at Wingate, and, like, I'd grown up going to summer camps at Wingate's campus. I'm very familiar. Like, a lot of kids I went to school with, they were children of professors and all that, so I was very comfortable there, and they're like, well, your class is canceled for convocation. I'm like, what is that? And I'm sitting under a tree, like, okay. And then I see all, out of nowhere, like, the professors come out in the robes, and I was like, I want one of those robes. <laughs> that's the, and then that's how, that's how it really started. Like that, wow. it was fashion. <laughs> yeah, fashion driven. But I went to my advisor, and he was he laughed when I said that, and he goes, "Well, you got to really want it." And I said, "Okay." And that's actually really good advice. Like, yeah. So shout out to John Sykes. Hmm. Um, yeah. So that, but then so I kind of like once I pulled my GPA, and that GPA though, will, as you know, follow you for oh, the yeah. rest of yeah. your life. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like so a you, felony conviction. Yeah, you yeah, gotta I mean, explain yourself on every application. Like, I understand yeah. what I did wrong. I've, I've turned my life around now. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, Clemson. Um, the woman who was running the graduate program there in English, um, Dr. Alma Bennett, who's sadly no longer with us, she was amazing, and she like I guess saw some potential, and I did that, and then her PhD was in humanities and I was like well then that's what I'll do with the idea that if you major in something that's more broad you would yeah. be more marketable later which I, I maybe worked I'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I ended up going to Louisville and we chose Louisville because my now husband's he had family that was in like Covington Kentucky okay. which is near Cincinnati by an hour away so yeah so that's that's the academic journey and I shortened version. I mean, you, you obviously write a lot, uh, you know, poetry and short stories and stuff, but what was it that got you into Vietnam? The music. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, because my parents graduated high school in 72, so they're not old enough to have served, um, but they were old enough to have the really good albums, and that, I was an only child for nine years, like I said earlier, so, so you'd so sit they, there. They had, they had all the vinyl. They had yeah. all the good records, wow. and you'd sit there with, like, what is it, Led Zeppelin 3 or 4 that has the little spinny mm -hmm. thing, and you'd play with it, and my dad taught me how to really, very carefully drop the record, and the music was so good, and yeah. I was like, this has got, it was, and it was very cool, you know, yeah. and um, I wanted to talk about how music spoke to history and culture and all that kind of stuff but what using like my english tools where you like you can break down the lyrics and yeah. things like that so that's how but yeah that's that's totally how it started they had all the good records so and they read to me so between those two things you <laughs> thanks know, mom and dad the thing i remember most about my dad's vinyl collection uh, was the rod stewart records Ooh. and how ridiculous he looked at the time, as a kid, I was just like, I can't believe my, like, Brick Mason dad would have ever gone out and bought Rod Stewart music. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, good stuff, I guess. Yeah. But uh, So you never considered becoming a historian then? Mm, I thought about it for a little while when I was doing my Ph.D. because on my committee I had two historians, and they were really cool people, and I was like, maybe I could do that. But, like, but then I'd have to kind of... it. History is a bit more technical, I think, and I'm a little bit more flittering over here, I guess is the one way. I wanted to be more interdisciplinary, I think, yeah. without knowing what that was at the time. Well, what's neat about your position, and I've been at conferences with you before, yeah. and I've heard you present many times, and but you can put a, you can put a toe over here in this pond, mm. 
for a little bit, see what's going on, then you can go over here and, and write, yeah. and you can pull from all those different things. Yeah. That's what it struck me is what, you, what you've been doing. I see, yeah, that's my favorite thing to do yeah. because part of it could be short attention span. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that because history texts, and no offense to any historians in the room, they're a bit dry. Like, this happened, this happened. This, oh, like, yeah, academic history can be yeah. excruciating. And I wanted more, like, you know, <laughs> excitement. And so, like, Poetry and lyrics and things like give you a little bit more of that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so, but yeah, and I think, I think though, what taught me that I would not be a good historian was my professor, who was a fantastic professor. Um, he's retired now, Benjamin Harrison, no relation to the president. <laughs> and he would just—it was that old. I don't think people do this anymore. If they do, I'd like to see it. But he would walk in like right when class started. He'd put his notes, which were handwritten, on the podium. Never look at him though, and he'd go. In 1967, da, 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 and just go. And you'd sit there and just write everything you could say. And then you go, any questions? Great. And then exit. Yeah. And he was a sharp dressed man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I loved wow. it later on a recommendation letter. She wrote, she wrote, she asked lots of questions. I'm like, no, no one asked no, questions. <laughs> but he was a super nice guy. And when I remember talking about the because he was the Vietnam historian guy at okay. Louisville, and he was like, I'm really concerned about you getting primary sources, and that's why I started going to Vietnam, because okay. I was like, okay, well, then I'll go to the place where it happened. Is that primary enough? Like, right. So when did you, when, how many times have you been to Vietnam, and when was the first time you went? Um, the first time, I have to count, the first time was 2012, and that was during the PhD, and um, Louisville's sister city, I'm not going to say this correctly, is Zhejiang, China. And they had this program where you could teach English in China. Oh. And I was like, well, that's right next to Vietnam, so I'll just take a plane and pop over. Um, so that was 2012, 2015, 2017, 2019. So four, four times. times. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I would try to go every other year. COVID kind of got in the way a little bit. Sure. I'm yeah, working yeah. on a new thing to go next year. <laughs> so, um, yeah. but yeah, and it was, I mean, once was enough to get, like, you really excited, and I'd been in China for six weeks. So, like that we were talking about earlier before the podcast started, like crossing the street is really like there's no crosswalks. You just sort of frogger yeah. your way through. And I knew from China already, so I'm like, okay, I can I can handle this. But like, face like you could get into Vietnam and like your Facebook account would suddenly work again. And you're like, aha, this is a <laughs> land of freedom, kind of stuff like that. And the food was good, and the people were interesting, and they were more than willing to talk to me, which was really helpful. Because um, they teach English, I think, in most of their primary mm -hmm. schools now. Oh, yeah. And so everyone wants to, and it's such a young country. Yeah, right? they're like, they can I practice, practice my English with you? Practice your English. <laughs> yeah. They didn't want to listen to you butcher their, their language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember someone, I was trying really hard, like, I'm going to have my phrases, right. and um, they were like, you need to stop saying thank you because it sounds like you're saying shut up. And I was like, all right, I'll work harder. So I started I started emulating the stewardesses, and I'm better at it now, flight attendants. Because oh, okay. they, they do it real musically. So I've heard you have to sing Vietnamese to make it sound correct. But I, I think a, that's, yeah. But if you've got a southern accent, it's you're already like, Five steps behind. Well, yeah. that's true with yeah. any, yeah. any language. You should yeah. hear me do Russian. I mean, it's not pretty at all. I'd like to So hear that's it. where War Tour of, of Vietnam came from, mm -hmm. right? That's mm -hmm. how that, so that's what how is, it started. what is the genesis of, genesis of this thing? Well, originally I was going to talk to. Now I'm going to, I'm going to flip this through by the mic to show it because I have the, I have the, the book is the in. Book in my hand. <laughs> it's real. What I was originally going to do was do oral histories of. Vietnam veterans and their musical memories of war. That's what I wanted mm -hmm. to do. And then when I got over there and saw how the war is portrayed by their museum exhibits and things like that, like other things started to 
come up in my mind. It's, I've explained it to people. I'm like, it's like, it's like the gift that keeps on giving. As soon right. as you unravel one thread, another one comes out. So yeah. like, but I remember sitting with um, Amy Sears, who was our grant person who recently retired, and she was like, what do you want to specialize in? I'm like, everything. She's like, you can't do that. <laughs> so that's kind of where that book is, is like the trim down everything. Because I, the book with the veterans, I think, would be a good project to do later, and especially now that I've met more, which happened through the book. But basically, it's sort of like telling the story of the war, but making it as international as possible was what I was wanting to do. Because... When you read books about the Vietnam War, except for, oh, was it Frederick Logeval's book, The Embers of War? Right. That him, the one that begins in 1940, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. That tome, <laughs> um, that one is the only one that really goes back pretty far. And then he started That's the Trend, because then Ken Burns put that into his right. you know, documentary. And so then I had to see Jim Ben Fu, so we wrote that in the grant. Um, <laughs> that's exactly the reason I am. It's now part of a trend, so I've got to follow. <laughs> but I just, I kind of wanted to, like, show and also show like you can go over there because one thing I got a lot especially at the beginning of the research was like you're going there by yourself don't they hate Americans like all these kind no. of things and you're like no they no. don't care <laughs> no they, they, they love I mean yeah they're well, thrilled like, that you're there I remember asking a guide who was like we were the same age and he was like oh you're fine you guys left it's China god they're yeah. gonna and I'm like of course it would be your neighbor that gets on your nerves right. because they're the thing that you're always dealing with versus the people who kind of like the house guest who left and you're like okay the bulk of the population is born after the war. So, like, I've gone, when I went to the um, the Ho Chi Minh Trail Museum, which has got a different name there, which I'm blanking. It's Truxon, I think, or something like yeah. that. Um, and uh, the, the Uber guy, he went with me to the, because he's like, I didn't even know this was in my city. Really? And, yeah, and we took the tour together, and he was like, wow, look at that kind of thing. <laughs> Taking pictures on his phone. Right, it is, it is, like we've mentioned before, it is such a young country, mm -hmm. and that memory of the war is... Yeah. Fading. Yeah. Which is so odd well, it's, it's, to think about. I think it's fading, but at the same time, last time I was there, it was like the something anniversary of peace. So they put those flags were all yeah. over the place. But yeah. but it's still the same kind of thing as like if you ride by a sign all the time, you're going to kind of tune it out after yeah. a while. I think people were just like, yeah, whatever, you know, moving right. on kind of thing. And it's always Ho Chi Minh's face, you know, like <laughs> that sort of thing. But yeah, I think they're. Did you see, did you see Uncle Ho? I've never been there. You didn't go to Mausoleum? Because he said he didn't want to do that, and I was like, I'll respect his wishes. Plus, it's just not my scene. To... Yeah. yeah. I went to the museum there, the one in Hanoi. It's right. much better than the one. That was really cool. I was no, like, I went, you know, when I, mean, I was there in two summer, two thousand. I went, I went to see him. I mean, I was like, I, I'm here. I got to. The line was pretty long, too, the one day. Yeah, I, I got to see it. Right? <laughs> and, you know, looks pretty good. I, you know, they pull him out, I think, once once a year, touch him up. <laughs> They've got those Russian specialists, you know. You I was going to say, it's the same as the linen. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. 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 And they, they, you know, touch him up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wanted... It's fascinating to see all the school kids there. Yeah, Because it's such a thing. And then they go over to his, his house, right? Yeah. In the fish pond. And they all feed the fish. And it's right? a big fun thing. Yeah. yeah, it's a big, you know, it's a big thing. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's not that different than going to, like, with the exception of the embalmed dude. Um, it's like going like to Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon, I was about yeah. to say. Yeah, it's going yeah, to Mount Vernon, like, right? You're like, it hooray. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah. yeah absolutely. absolutely. So we, you, you're planning then to go back, right? Yes. yes. That's, that's I'm interested the... in, in returning back. What I'd like to look at now, and it's the last chapter of the book, is um, unexploded ordnance. Oh. Because that's an issue. It's not unique to Vietnam, of course. Like, right. I mean, yeah. what was it? We had when everything was, like, 
the drought was happening in Europe. They yeah, were finding yeah, yeah. like random yeah. things from World War One, World War Two. So like, right. but then you think of like what's happening in Ukraine right now. All these bombs being dropped. Thirty yeah. percent of them don't yeah. explode. Right. So yeah. the legacy of war, so to speak, is really long. I was and, watching some yeah. uh, documentary thing. It was a British deal and. It's like, you know, Dangerous Drives or something like that. And they basically, which is really kind of funny because they use celebrities to do these drives, right? And, and so they, mm-hmm. it's two, two, they were doing uh, basically the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Ah. And they had like some, you know, old like forerunner, four by four thing. And, and, and they'd stop at these roadside places and like the, the house, the hut, the, the, instead of concrete block pillars, right? It's, it's like, made out of, yeah. It's made out of, yeah. Bombs. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, a 250-pound bomb or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Pretty indestructible, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty crazy. I think it's pretty creative, though. Like, oh, I've yeah. seen a lot yeah. of that. I'm like, yeah. it's pretty industrious. Yeah, You're like, well, oh, I'm sure. roll this thing over yeah. there kind of thing. Yeah. I would be fascinated with, back to the music part, with mm-hmm. the, you know, Vietnamese band. Remember at, at Chapman, the, the conference, the, the... Yeah, it was Jason Wynn. Second-generation refugee, you know, obviously, and mm-hmm. has the language skills, which is gold. Yeah. But you know what he did about Vietnamese bands, great. rock bands, but playing like you know soldier songs and yeah. things like that it was really interesting. But it got me thinking. I don't know something I'd like to look at, and I don't know how I'd do it, but it'd be to look at these Vietnamese bands because they're very westernized, mm. obviously, in mm. the '60s, and they're doing a lot of cover stuff, but also playing traditional Vietnamese songs that they're rockifying, yeah, basically. Yeah. But it's like, where, where is this equipment? That's a good question. Like, what, what, what kind of guitars are they playing? Are they right. Playing, yeah, right? Like, yeah, what, are they, like, what are their drum kits? Where, where are these? Are they? I, I don't know. I mean, are they yeah, coming, I don't know. I don't know where they're coming from. What, what they are. I'd just be, I'd be fascinated just. That would to be see cool. To, yeah, yeah. And I guess you could look at photographs. And yeah, I'm possibly. thinking. I remember seeing a picture, but it was a Filipino band that was doing. It would go to different. Yeah. Like R&R sites, right. um, and they had a Rickenbacker, but I don't know where they got it yeah. from, but right. like, I remember being like, right. oh, Rickenbacker, <laughs> yeah. but, right. but that's, that would be, yeah, there's, um, there were a couple uh, graduate students at Texas Tech for a while who were working with that as well, Vietnamese you know, Texas music. Texas Tech has a guitar conference. What? They have an electric, like, an electric guitar conference. Like every couple of years, Lubbock is so interesting. It <laughs> like is, all isn't this it? stuff happens in Lubbock. We should. Yeah. I'll cut this out. But we should. <laughs> Let's do a panel. We should have you have that. you been to visit the Gretsch Collection in downtown Savannah that is owned by Georgia Southern University? Yeah, well, I haven't either. <laughs> Bill, <laughs> Bill went to see it though. Yeah, I went to see it. I went to pay homage. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I didn't even. No, I don't. Yeah, there's some things people. It's tell downtown me about. in that um, that river place. Oh, and is it River? Anywhere near River Street, I won't go to. But it's it's, it's that, that power new power that power plant. Oh, yeah. oh, oh yeah. New River Street right? or whatever it's yeah. called. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Whole new ex- redone with River Street. Yeah. yeah okay. But they, it's it's that's they, cool. Got a, 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 it's, it's 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 a fairly nice thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I got a Gretsch hard body. Hey, yeah. well that's not too bad then. Yeah. 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 I couldn't go the hollow body. I've Satino got, a, got the hollow body. He got a hollow body for Christmas. And he loved it. Oh, cool. Oh, that's all. Yeah, I've got. So my dad had, it was a Yamaha acoustic, and then for my 20-something birthday, I got a Martin, which I, oh, wow. I begged. I was like, please. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then for my 16th birthday, I got a Stratocaster, which is woefully left now, because I'm like, you will learn on the, because that's what I learned on for a while, was the right. electric, and then you pick up an acoustic, yeah. and you're like, yeah, you're like what, what happened? Yeah, what happened? <laughs> like, you can't yeah. cheat my fingers things. hurt so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 
but yeah, yeah. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, so talking about music, um, music is, is an important part of what you do, and you've done a really good job of using popular music as a way to, uh, using it as an indicator of, of like American public opinion about the war. So tell us about music and how you think that it can be used, not only with scholarship, but how you can use it in the classroom to reach students uh, when it comes to history, or in your case, literature. Yeah, it gets their attention is number one. Like, you play music and they'll... They'll, even if they don't like it, they will listen to it. Um, it's not. It's actually much better for presentation type things because, as I've found out with the book, if you put lyrics in there, your publisher will go, "No, copyright reasons." You can expensive. quote a whole poem, but God forbid you put a one line of a Rolling Stone lyric. Um, I should say you do anything with Bob Dylan, and his lawyers are knocking yeah. at your door. Yeah. Yeah, they were like, Merle Haggard can stay. This line can like. It was interesting to see who could stay right. and who could go, but. Um, but yeah, in the classroom, like we, um, I am teaching next semester, and I've taught it before. It's the cultural history of hip hop. Oh yeah. Which is basically like me being like, here's the introduction of hip hop, and they're like, and now we'll tell you about the last twenty years that you missed out on. I'm like, well, thank you, student. But it's a good way to like share information, and and like they'll pick up things. When I did like a certain, I think it was music and social protest. Everyone got to pick a song, and like. I had not. I knew, but I didn't know. It was one of those things that War Pigs was a Vietnam. I, yeah. I sort of blanked that out, and the kid was like, War Pigs. I'm like, oh, excellent choice. Yes, play your song loud. Um, and the music videos can also be, if that's applicable, you can use those to show like what was what was cool, what was okay. So you mean like, like produced music videos mm -hmm. versus like a YouTube clip of, of a live yeah, yeah. we do watch, there's one class where I've used, we talk about patriotism and we watch the Star Spangled Banner recording, which, which is from Woodstock yeah. with uh, Jimmy Hendrix. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah. And that one is really I did Country Joe McDonald and the Fish today, actually. Oh, nice. And, um, and what's neat how they respond to just seeing the visual mm -hmm. of it. And, like, I also played a clip, uh, Nina Simone, who I love. Yeah. Uh, uh, playing, uh, it's a filmed probably live performance of Mississippi Goddamn. That's yeah, right? we, we teach a lot of the same things. Yeah, yeah. And and they were I, I could tell they were just fascinated just looking at the person wearing, look mm. at their hair, look at the right? Yeah, it's yeah. It's like yeah. they just hadn't thought about that. Well, and, and I'm like this she's these they're your age. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. Well it's something and this is this Still, I'm still like disagreeing with this in my head. But what what is it? The 1980s now are to students what the 1960s were when I was in school. So yeah, everyone does. Yeah, that like. distance. Yeah. And so like they don't see it quite as real. So when you do show those, yeah, it yeah. can be really like I, yeah. I remember when I showed them the Star Spangled they just all were sitting there like no one was on their phone. And I was like excellent. Yeah. But yeah, I think stuff I mean, like that the, is really the fringe cool. alone. Demands your attention, <laughs> yeah, right? Like that shirt. I think that shirt's in the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. I think it is. Right? I think so. Yeah. So, do you use? Do you tend to use more like have them study, like read the lyrics of something versus the, the visual? Class. Or it, it depends know. on the class. Like, um, <laughs> can can I say whatever on like? You can say whatever. Okay, good. Yeah. I was about to use an example. We pretend so. to be clean. <laughs> so, like. Um, 
and then like composition and rhetoric, English 101, 102. Um, I use this more in 102. Um, Kendrick Lamar had a song, and it begins, I don't give a fuck, I don't give a fuck. And then the next line is, I'm willing to die for this shit. And I'm like, how do these things go together? And they love that because it's, first off, you're playing cussing in the classroom, which yeah. they're like, right. yeah. you're not in high school anymore because um, it's a freshman <laughs> class. But then they're like, oh, you, you know who this person is. And you're like, sort of. You know, I'm, I am a fan of him, but like, They'll bring names, and I'm like, I have no idea. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, like, sometimes we really look at the lyrics. Um, I did have, and I still do it sometimes, a paper in English 102 where they have to break apart a song and tell me how it argues. Oh, that's a neat idea. Which yeah. is really fun, but sometimes they just don't, especially if they have a really personal tie to the song. Yeah. It's very much like, this is about getting your heart broken, and you're like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, I can't believe that you're a fan of Kendrick Lamar, considering how he treated Chloe. I mean, that's... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the Pulitzer Prize winning guys. Best thing Brian has going for him musically is uh, his daughter. Yeah, my kids. I have to listen to all that, the like, you know, the gossip in the morning on the way to school. It's the only reason I know about any of this oh, stuff. So, so, yeah. so how did but you know about this? Yeah, I know about all this stuff. I can tell you, you know, about the feud going on between Britney Spears and uh, Everyone. Selena Gomez. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 I know all this stuff now. That's, yeah. that's good that you're up on it. It's, yeah. it's good to know. <laughs> It makes the pop radio stuff all the more yeah. interesting. Yeah, yes. yeah. But I think, it, yeah, I think you can use it in a lot of different ways, like, and the different genres and the different thing. Like, um, like when I've taught like pro, um, like not pro, but Vietnam War, and then you talk about like the pro war movement, anti war movement, like, yeah. and like, like they like Okie from Muskogee mm-hmm. a lot, even if they don't like agree with the song. Because you, if you think about like the way the Vietnam War looked, at least in the '90s, on like VH1 docu docutainment things. It looked really cool, and everyone was a hippie or had just come back from Vietnam but made it to Woodstock. They always come together at Woodstock. Right. I had time to grow my hair long but still wear my fatigue. Right, yeah. yeah, and I'm like, that's how did you use mane and tail? Like, how did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> but and when you do the research, though, it's, it's much, much different and much yeah. more striated and, like, you know, people... It's, well, it was fun to do the book because um, I did just top 40 because yeah. you can track it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this stuff at least can be substantiated. And some of those songs are just like, ugh, it's the worst song. However were people listening to this? But it, it tells you at least what, that was what the teenagers were listening to because that's who were buying those right, records yeah. at that time. But oh, like, that's kind of how I am with the Grammys today. Yeah, I don't... Like, how the hell are people listening? <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, they say when you're like... Teenage era music hits the Super Bowl is when you're officially starting to when you're done. go over the hill. Yeah, and that was for me this year's Super Bowl big time. And I was like, all right, well, I'll admit it. <laughs> yeah, we're getting old because Rihanna is doing the Super Bowl. See, and that's no, I don't even consider that like my generation music. So. Yeah, but she's. I mean, yeah, I'm thinking what students said the other. Well, she's got a baby now. She doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but it's it's fun. I think it's and it's also the last thing I'll say about it, which I think is important is um. It's a good way to talk to veterans about the war without yeah. having to talk about the rough parts of the war. And you can do that with veterans like that I work with here, like Sandshark Veterans, SSV, that you mentioned at the beginning. Um, I'll make fun of their workout songs, and they're like, oh, you know that song. Like, that's the one that's Let the Bodies Hit the Floor by oh, yeah. Drowned or something. I can't remember yeah. who it is. But it's, nothing's wrong with me. And then it's, and it's very fun. But it's a bridge. It's sort of like, a way you can talk about things without really having to get into... And with musical memory things, like, remember this song, people will actually start laughing or be like, oh, 
I've never thought about this till now, but da 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 they'll have well, something connected. Yeah, I was going to say, I imagine, you know, because so often you hear something and a song immediately mm-hmm. takes you back to an event. Yeah. And so I, I bet for them that it's like, it jogs their memory and, you know, it would probably be really useful as a way if they know they're going to do an interview to kind of like get them back into yeah. where they were. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I think that's, that's one of my favorite ways to use it is to be like, well, you know, how did you listen to music? Because the wars now, you... you phone with you almost yeah. and but back then like you have a lot of people a lot of veterans who are we didn't bring things in the jungle I'm like I know you didn't have it in the jungle but but they'd have tape decks and then like you, someone might have a guitar and then you know you hear there was oh, the all radio the, all the radios um, yeah I remember my dad telling me they'd be I don't know it's probably Camp Carroll or something like that and you know at night there'd always be some guy blaring out his little transistor radio and you're like turn that shit off <laughs> it's not very uh, right <laughs> That's not um, good for the tactics. <laughs> yeah, it's not good because, you know, someone out there is going to zero in on you. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, the, everyone had a transistor radio. And I know he had a, uh, he got to go on R, of course, he was an officer, right? Mm. So he got to go to R&R in Hong Kong, I think, for a few da- few days. Nice. But he bought a, a Sony reel-to-reel tape player. Cool. Which somehow has disappeared and gone, but I can't <laughs> believe it. But he had, they had a nice collection of, the tapes, yeah. I mean the big, oh, cool. the yeah. real tapes, right? Yeah. And anyway, I've got a picture of him when he when he after he got out of the field and you know, the rest of his tour doing the, the legal stuff at his little office thing. Um, one his 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 Playboy centerfold uh, <laughs> desk blotter deal, yeah. right? Which is pretty amazing. And then behind him is that reel to reel tape player, that Sony tape player. Nice. The very thing, right there. <laughs> and, yeah, he loved that thing. Yeah. But, I don't know, somehow, I think when they moved or something, and I was gone, right? <laughs> you were there and to it save like, it. was like, where yeah. is that thing? And I was like, oh, gosh, right? Yeah. Kind of like 15 years ago when I threw my CD player out, and now, like, I'm like, you know what? I need a good CD player because yeah. I've got all because these I've CDs. Got that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a good CD player now is like, it's like going, you know, it's like, when you find an 8-track player, because yeah. I still have Casey and the Sunshine Band on 8-track. Oh, it's <laughs> a, a nostalgia piece, so yeah. I'm going to get rid of that. eBay's um, good, though. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. One more question before we go into our rapid-fire thing, okay. which I know you are going to be wonderful at. What you've talked about so far with us tonight is a lot of interdisciplinary approaches to, to your work by, by the very nature of it. And we think, and a lot of our ilk think, that military history lends itself to interdisciplinary methodologies, mm-hmm. and more and more historians and others are using that, which mm-hmm. I think is one of the reasons why the field is, I think it is richest point right now, yeah. ever, yeah. at least in the 25, 30 years I've been involved with it. Mm-hmm. So what do you think that military historians do well with interdisciplinary approaches, and what do you think we could be better Hmm. Um, so like you said earlier that our stuff was you know academic military history or academic history is dry mm. right so you obviously read a lot for what you do so what are what are we doing well and what are we (laughs) yeah what do we suck at (laughs) that feels terrible um speak freely um, because we're more than happy to tell you what we're doing 25 people gotta get it back yeah um well I think I think the thing that I, I envy in a way is that y'all have it 
so well factually down. Like this was the C-130 and it was made at this time between this time and so it was Operation Manhattan. So you can see a picture and get it by just looking at it yeah. just by the, the clues that are in that, which I don't have that mm-hmm. very well. Like I can tell the difference between like a Huey and a... But like when I can't... What's the one that came before it? That's, that's where I'm at. So yeah. that tells you right there. Um, and also like studying the different battles I think is really important because they all kind of, like if we take like Iraq for example everyone's like the battle of Fallujah but if you look at all the smaller ones that led up to it that lets you understand that one much better which I, I think that's really good and then I also think it's just important like in terms of like our military history keeping that alive because um, I remember talking to a student one time about Tet and he was like oh we learned about that Marine Corps boot camp kind of thing like and it 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 kind of gives you, you know, room to grow in that area. So I think those are the big pluses. And I don't, I don't know if you do anything wrong. How could you do something? But, um, but you talk to the people though often. I think True. that's that's yeah. that's a crucial part of making right. it really good. Is like the people involved with the military things. Even well, one though, of the you know, things that's come up in the podcast uh, here and there, and Brian and I've talked about it some too, and we've experienced it, is the people who maybe consider themselves pure war in society, mm. won't get into what you were just describing, which we would call operational history, mm-hmm. battle mm-hmm. history. Yeah. Right? I find personally that some of the most interesting work is one that, that crosses those two things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, so it, and, and I've always thought that, that, that you've got to understand the combat experience. You've mm-hmm. at least got to get students to approach that in order then to be able to place the other things in some right. sort of context. Be it, it doesn't matter if it's home front, race, yeah. somebody who's a RIMF, right, who's mm-hmm. not in combat. Mm-hmm. you got to understand why there's that difference. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't get that core, then you're missing. It's like, the your, Brian, your work on POWs. I think mm-hmm. you got to understand why the POW experience, how it's shaped by combat that's, right that's the argument i tried to make <laughs> yeah right i mean that's what he does that's what he does that's what he yeah. preaches that you yeah. and then yeah. what that means at home right in mm. germany it'd be, it'd be a, a shame to be a pow you didn't do your yeah. duty you didn't die for your, or whatever yeah you've got to you have to have that grounding i think yeah i think and i think like um and even if you go back to sites now like um, i mentioned the battle of way like there were a lot of things that happened in context with that battle. Like mm-hmm. there were a North Vietnamese who came in that was, you know, arguably like slaughter of innocent civilians and things like that. So as like a young scholar, I remember being like, I'm going to go there and ask people questions. And I had someone else be like, mm, yeah. you might not want to do that. <laughs> yeah. But if I'd known the military history, I would have had it better. But right. then like I read more and I was like, oh, I see kind of thing. So I right. think that, I think that's a really salient point is how that, and also like war and military, like, it involves the military. <laughs> so, like, you have to understand. And it's, yeah. I think it's challenging for some people because it's like learning a new language. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I remember my dad, we were walking somewhere and he saw my watch. He's like, But you got your watch on military time. I'm like, Well, because I work with military now and I got to be on time. But you, you should start... have said, No, I'm Eurotrack. <laughs> <laughs> you would not have liked that yeah. answer. You and your leather jacket. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like, but I think that, and I think that's been really interesting working with veterans is like the more you, try to learn to speak the language, even yeah. if you screw it up or, like, you use a really old term. Like, I remember I asked, I knew the answer already, but I asked, we had a couple of guys for a while who were in the Navy, and I said, do you still call your corpsman a squid? Which is a slang, slightly mm-hmm. pejorative term from the Vietnam War, and they just laugh. I'm like, where did you hear that yeah. from? How old are you? Kind of thing. <laughs> but at least now you've got a 
rip like yeah, you, you got, got something going yeah. Yeah. yeah so i think things yeah. like that but again like it's the, the people who were part of it i think is really crucial you know then then you can be like this is a forward operating base and this is what happened when every day they'd blow up a car in front of our you know fob and then da, da, da. like it yeah. then you get the stories start coming right. out which i think are important right. yeah but i think yeah, i think y'all are doing good it's a good i read a lot of it to keep up it's very helpful well we think what people like you are doing it's great yeah it's great so yeah. we'll all I work mean, together yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely I, i'm envious because like i read uh bill gave me a book um called uh what was it um uh we germans and uh it's about you know it's a, it's a story about and i'm like all oh, the history is great but man i wish i could just like write like this kind of stuff you know yeah. so because with history even like you know i'm reading for the argument very often i'm like all right what is this person trying to say you're skimming through and everything <laughs> and just to like you know be able to sit down and like actually read every word of something mm. is so yeah. enjoyable yeah yeah um, so i think yeah. a book i tried to take a some influence from is Stasi land. Oh yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. so Autopunda, good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was about an era of history that never really got, well, when I was in school was not taught because our history right. kind of went world war two, Ronald Reagan. Like it, <laughs> she kind of did what you were just describing. Like, I'm just going to go find these people and, t- and t- yeah. talk, talk to them. About. It helps yeah. that she spoke German. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, but that's, it, but it's such an approachable way to look at, like, yeah. you know, War post, you know, Germany. Let's do our rapid fire. Let's do it. Stick around. She's done give very us, well. Give us a minute, and we'll. Uh... All right. So you've you've listened to some of the pods. Uh, we, we ask you ten questions. We'll we'll go back and forth. You know that we will comment and be very judgy. And judgy, yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Although I have to say in advance, uh, first two things. It looks like I only got nine questions on here for some reason. So I'll, I'm gonna. I've got one on the fly though. I'm good. Mm-hmm. But. I our, think our, our crack research department. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> predicting that it is another one going in my column on here, just based on yeah. upbringing. Yep. It's going to be. Okay. What are you reading right now? Um, I am reading Dumb Luck, which is for my World Lit class. And you got an author for us? Uh, um, it's Vietnamese, and I'm not going to pronounce it right. Okay, so I'm just going to not do that. Yeah. yeah it's Vu Trong something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, the best work of history that you recently read? Or you can throw in something non, since uh, you're not a, a technical historian. Oh my goodness! Oh, I um, mm, I'm trying to remember the time. We leave, we leave long pauses in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I can't remember. I'm blanking on the author's name, which is really bad. But it is basically the United States and um, the Middle East relationship up until 9/11. It's uh, hmm. And then he wrote a book after, and that has been just, I had no idea all of this stuff was going on. It's really crazy. And I mean, it's like those like like rolling paper thin pages of just like information, but I didn't know how involved we were, who we were sending there. Like it's, because I, I wanted to understand more about right. the Iraq war. Um, if I could flip my phone over and look on Amazon, I could tell you, but no, I won't do that. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's been. We'll the, figure it out later. Yeah. We'll, we'll plug we'll it put in. in there. Yeah. yeah. It's right on my next to my bed so I'm sitting like I, can, I know where it is I'm just looking at it in my head yeah. okay this, this one's going to be it's your you go for oh no 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 it's your turn it's my turn yeah right okay we're, we're yeah we're very prepared <laughs> you get to listen to only one band or singer for the rest of your life who is it <laughs> and it can't be Billy Joel because if, oh, ever, if no. anybody says Billy Joel we're done no we're, no no we're, no, we're, no. Right, we're just holding <laughs> we're no. holding the tent oh he's still oh. touring by the way <laughs> Cadillac, uh, 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 um, or Peter Gabriel? No, sledgehammers. Yeah. I'm gonna Led Zeppelin. 
Led Zeppelin? Yeah. We've had a Led Zeppelin before. We've right? had a Led Have Zeppelin. You? Yeah. Oh, good, good. Yeah. 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 No, that's that's a good that's a strong choice. Yep, that's a good that's a good one. Absolutely. Okay, what are you binge watching? So I just got into streaming like when COVID happened. I didn't know about this. Like I also just figured out what Bluetooth was last year. So um, <laughs> so streaming is kind of new to me as well. Uh, Who are you, my mom? <laughs> No, I told my students, I'm like, look, I can put my iPod up with my car. And they're like, you have an iPod. Like, <laughs> what is that? Exactly. That's what are right. you doing? Um, is that with your walk <laughs> The most recent thing we watched, though, was Severance. But yeah, yeah, because my husband and I will pick and we'll watch them together. Yeah. Um, he watches, it's, a, it's they have they just started a new season. It's a football show and they follow right now. It's theirs and the Cardinals. Oh yeah, like he'll, he he yeah. he has more time, yeah. and like I still DVR the Golden Girls and watch it on repeat. Like you have you have a DVR? Yeah, or is wow. that or, or I don't? It's the thing attached with it. You see, like this a is t- how, a TiVo, <laughs> sort of. Yeah, it's, it's with the dish. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. All right, I'm do suddenly you, feeling really technical. I know, me too. Proficient. I can do that really quick for you. Do you, uh, do you have Netflix? Yes. Okay, so um, recommendation: There's a, a show called Cleo. If you like the East German stuff, yeah, it's okay. really, it's really. She liked ba- Babylon Berlin. Yeah, too. Babylon Berlin. You gotta watch Babylon really Berlin. Oh, cool. Set yeah, feed me. I, I need to know because the I'm... music and everything is great. Oh, sweet. Good, good, good. Yeah, it's pretty cool. The only thing I watched um, recently was, and we fell asleep, was like the Secret Life of Cats, which was kind of neat. Like, well, we're a dog-oriented podcast. Yeah. So you have a do- she has a dog. Yeah, yeah, we have both. Yeah, she's got dogs. I'm yeah. a. I'm a Dual. Yeah. All right, well, that's all right. we, we, we've, we've taken a workshop to become yeah. more ta- cat tolerant. Oh, that's nice yeah. of you. Yeah. You know, it didn't really take. It's hard but, to do. But we made the effort. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> all right, easy one here. What was your first car? Volvo, 1992 Volvo 240. Uh, is that like the box Volvo? Yes, she is. I wow. think it's probably still on the road somewhere. She is sitting at my father's company, Warp Development Corporation, really? right now. Um, wow. Yes, and she takes a nice parking space up. And our gamble is that you could put a new battery in it and she'd still start. You Swedish know, metal. I like it. Bill yeah. is a Volvo guy, except for he is that guy that goes over and gets his car in Sweden. That's kind of the way to <laughs> yeah. do it, because when they stopped doing that, like things went awry. Yeah. Um, my temperature gauge, for example, like, You'd have to put the heat on, like if it was in traffic, because that thing would just be like, "I was made in Sweden. I don't know what this is." And you're like, "I'm sorry." You did, you did the like trip where they put they all over, and then you like went to Denmark, right? And yeah. You did, like little. Wow. Yeah. 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 So, do you have like one of the hundred thousand mile like medallions on it? No, we haven't got it. We haven't. We're not. We're not that far high yet. We're we're about like seventy-seven thousand. I'm excited or for you. But we we still have the like the plates. On it, that's you know, cool. From, from yeah. Sweden, Volvo's. Um, I still love a Volvo. That, that like, was a. It was cool. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot of fun. All <laughs> right. So, what was your childhood nickname? Um. And uh, where you grew up, I know you had one. So don't act like you didn't. <laughs> Pretty girl. <laughs> Pretty girl wasn't really a thing. My granddad See, did you know, that. We yeah. actually only grew up about an hour and a half apart. So, okay, so yeah. yeah, like when you said certain stuff, I'm like, yeah, I remember where all that. Did you yeah. Grow up? Uh, Westminster, South That's Carolina. That's right, Westminster. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I know your yeah. town. I do. Right there <laughs> in the in the upstate. All right, pretty girl. That was Granddaddy gave me that name. Like, all right, yeah, good stuff. He's allowed. Now I'd be like, don't you? Yeah, don't. Do that. <laughs> yeah. Unless we're like in a boxing ring. Right. Pretty girl. <laughs> so this might be a hard one for you because mm. there's so many that you could pick from. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite Vietnam War era song? <laughs> well. <laughs> um, my fa- just one, just one. That's not a lot. Um, actually, I do have an answer for it. It is uh, "No Sugar Tonight" by the Guess Who. 
Oh. Really? Mm -hmm. I love that song. Black do that now, double do that. Best chorus ever. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I mean, they have so many good songs that are more like, you know, Eric Burton and all that stuff. But that song, just every time it turns on, it's the best. I love that song. I like it, yeah. actually. Yeah. Because it's got a lot of loud, soft, uh -huh. like. <laughs> yeah. Go to yoga pose. Um, lately, it has been Lizard. I don't know what that one is. <laughs> I, I can demo. We'll look it up. Really want, yeah. yeah, it's really good for your hips. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, I'm going to save the barbecue for last. This is my spur of the moment, um, and it is just because of what you said earlier. Favorite Randy Travis song? Digging up bones. <laughs> Did you ever like run into Randy Travis around mm -mm. town? No? no, but we. I worked at a little pizza place called Dave's Pizza. I'm not sure if it's there anymore, and. We got a jukebox for a while, and people would plug that thing. Randy Travis and Garth Brooks when the thunder rolled. Oh, so, yeah. Like, yeah. I loved Randy Travis as a kid. Like, uh, what was it, uh, Forever and Ever? Yeah. I used, I, 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 He's I, got a smooth voice. He though. does, yeah. <laughs> I think really he was the first concert in Sulphur Springs, Texas, where I grew up in the new, like, county, you know, <laughs> Uh, livestock, yeah, thing, yeah. Right? the arena, yeah, and yeah. everybody, everybody yeah, thought that he was like just this like amazingly proper young man, and then it's like, oh, he's a raging alcoholic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he had problems. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Randy's doing well now. I think he's so, doing better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The digging up bones, and then second would be um, was it the the one about the eagle flying, born in the western skies, oh, yeah. the eagle watching fly? Because we had a student, we had a kid I went to school with, Travis Stigall who's a fireman now, and he would sing it at our assemblies because he had a similar voice, and we would just be like, oh. Anyway. Cool. All right, the question that uh, every guest gets, um, Bill and I are barbecue connoisseurs. Mm -hmm. Being from Texas, he likes the brisket. Uh, being from upstate South Carolina, I go with pork. I know your answer already, but uh, what is your preference? It is pork. I think, yeah. It is pork I, I, from that, uh, that cabin I talked about earlier. Yeah. So we have a family spit. And, oh, wow. Yeah, and just two, three weeks ago, it was before, uh, this has been a minute, yeah, three weeks ago, it was right before Halloween, we did our annual family barbecue, and we get the pigs in there, and my dad and his friend Bill go out there at five in the morning and start it up, yeah. and yeah, and that's what I was raised on, so I'll, you know, I'll so try you, the other things, wow. but that's number one. So you know, like, Clemson is this little, like, melting that whole area so you get some of the mustard you get the north carolina vinegar yeah. and then you still get people who like do you know the red With sauce the yeah. yeah yeah and i i mean i think like when i was in louisville i would go a little bit more for the mustard just because it tasted better because that well they dried out too much was part of the problem yeah. but um, <laughs> but yeah the north carolina vinegar i mean it's just I think part of it is you just grow up with that, and you taste the other one. You're like, "What is this, Missouri? You don't know what you're doing." But yeah, it's, it's any. Uh, so since you live in Savannah, any place in Savannah that's your go-to barbecue if you eat it there? Um, not not in Savannah. That or I your hometown, like wherever, wherever. Give us a. a uh, the hometown place just closed um, not too long ago, and that was Midway Barbecue. You could also get a $2 milkshake made of real ice cream there, which was Ooh, my big nice. pull. But they did a meat and three with the lima beans and stuff. It was really good. Um, but my dad is one where we would be, like, on a road trip. And with this, what's the one in Shelby, North Carolina? Oh, I know, yeah. Do you know which one yeah. I'm talking about? And he will, like, make the detour so we could pull over. And there's one near, like, Cashiers, North, Cashiers, Cashiers, North yeah, Carolina. Yeah. And yeah. we'd go to that one. So, like, um, he would be much better at answering. But, um but yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, 
In Savannah, the one thing I'd always recommend to people in Savannah is technically in Thunderbolt is Cheria Thai Cuisine. Really? Mm-hmm. It's okay. Best, best pho in the town. It's All right, really we got to try okay. that. What yeah. is it? Cheria Thai Cuisine. Uh, yeah, but that's, right. that's my go-to restaurant. Now, very very quick last mm-hmm. uh, question. You have the tattoo that appears to be a Vietnamese tattoo. Is that correct? This one? Over here on this one. This one? Yeah. This is Thai. That's Thai. <laughs> yeah. Did you get the, like, traditional? Mm-hmm. Okay. Just so, the only way to do it. <laughs> I was going to say, that, that has to be, like, crazy painful, right? Not not really. Um, it's so, well, this one, to have it done, you're sitting like this. Okay. And, like, so the whole time you're hearing Thai people, da 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 and they... it's basically, like... Yeah, it's right? like a tap-in. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, no, this was, like, I think my third of this one. Um, but I also have had um, a Pope stick at one in my ear, and then um, I have the Tabori, which is the traditional Japanese one. I, I, I do wow. like to pick up those up when I travel. They don't really hurt that bad unless like any other tattoo they get near like your bone. So like I have one on my back that when he got on the spine you're sitting there like, oh dude. But um, <laughs> other like the one right here you're just like, wow, that was neat. That was fun. Because your forearm, if, if you try to tickle yourself, that's what yeah. I tell people like, because I'll have students be like, I want a tattoo. I'm like, run your fingers really lightly and wherever you really feel it, that's going to hurt really bad. So like the ribs for a lot of people, the bottom of your feet and hands wouldn't, that they're those nerve endings are I would avoid that. But yeah, I've got this is Lao script. That's a Thai symbol, that's a Thai symbol, and then there's some Chinese under here, um, from when I did the China stuff. And that's actually someone's handwriting. So I know it's not an incorrect oh, way. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to be that person. But yeah, I like to um Thailand was something I would just kinda of skip over while I was at in Vietnam and I I picked up Muay Thai along the way. Really? Yeah. Um, I couldn't run, so I was like, I'll try boxing for a while. And then that started a thing. Um, you know Tate Keller? <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, Tate, uh, he, we interviewed him a couple weeks ago, and he is, uh, it's like he goes to India, he's getting a tattoo. He goes to Africa, he's getting a tattoo. And he is a uh, Krav Maga uh, Oh, Krav Maga. Oh, wow. yeah. He's serious yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's like an actual instructor. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you just, I mean, it's, it starts to become, like, you just start picking them up. Like, after you get, and, my, and people, I don't know if y'all have tattoos, but after you get a certain number of them, they're That's not. Filthy. I'll never do that. <laughs> <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta come with me to Thailand, man, they'll bless the tattoo. I do have a tattoo, but, yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, after a while, you're just, like, you just kind of go, ah. Yeah. Like, my husband, actually, he made this thing one year for, like, Christmas, and it was, like, let's go to Vietnam and then go get tattoos, like, was in it. And I was, like, oh, I've become a stereotype of myself. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you are what you are. <laughs> well, it has been a pleasure. And uh, your boss, uh, who has been joining us here, has been great because uh, she told us at the beginning that uh, her, her child had a science test. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah, so we need to wrap this yeah, up. We need, yeah, we need to wrap, wrap this up. up. Science is power. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Aaron, thanks so much. This thank you for really having fun. me. This yeah, so thank fun. you very yeah. much. Yeah. And uh, thanks to uh, USCB for, uh, for, for hosting us and giving us the space. Yeah. yeah. Thank you.
folks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Military Historians or People Too. Brian heads up the research department and our social media division, and Bill heads up production, editing, and music. We're not monetized, and we depend upon you, dear listener, to help us spread the word about this podcast. So tell your friends, share on social media, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and wherever the heck you get your podcast. If you need an idea for your class, make them listen to military historians of people too. Give them some extra credit. Thanks for listening.